This is All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on today's India and Mahatma Gandhi. The participants are Sudarshan Ayangar, senior Gandhian, and Sopan Joshi, a Gandhian. Sudarshan ji, the first question on all such occasions is how do we understand Gandhi today because he seems like a relic of a distant past. I think largely if I try to sort of tell about this in a form in which I would say that because in after Gandhi has departed the tantra has changed so much the systems have changed so much people have the feeling that even the tattva has changed the basic elements have changed but that is not true because tantra keeps changing but tattva doesn't and Gandhi's fundamental contribution to humanity in that sense was drawing the attention towards some of the basic elements with which the human society or the human species should be living and growing and progressing. So it is this relevance and because this is more important than the tantra that he had established in his times which could have been anything from the kind of constructive programs he did or whatever he suggested for those times as which was the form and the system that may or may not be relevant or it has to be renewed. But the basic elements which he had said that uh, the humanity should not be giving up quest for truth and through non-violence. Non-violence is the essence which is he said is the love force and the soul force. So that brings back and when you look at the problems even in this changed tantra and the form, you see that the problems are the same at the base. So the tattvas have to be remembered and that is the revisit that we should make. So I come from the generation after yours. Let me just elaborate a little bit on how I understood Gandhi. I never read about him. I felt him because I grew up around people who had worked with him. So I felt that love. It was invisible. It was as invisible as the spinal cord. It keeps you upright, but you're not aware of it. But as I went along, my work, which if I have to summarize the three or four important fields in which I have worked, environment, science, technology, languages, communications, in all of these, I have come back to Gandhi after learning and unlearning a whole a string of material which first tries to push you in one direction then it tries to push you in the other direction and to me Gandhi is recourse Gandhi is balance Gandhi is home now I find it difficult to talk about find it very easy to talk about Gandhi but I find that there is a lot of discussion today about Gandhi's life academically there has never been as much interest in Gandhi as there is today every year there are so many books so many research papers but in terms of ordinary people, there is a grade of those ideas nurturing our everyday references. Now, that's something that I'd like you to elaborate a little bit. If you look at Gandhi's life, as you said that you have not read and you have felt, now you are feeling that there is hardly anything that is that can be taken to ordinary people is because those who made you feel this disappearing very fast. Now, Gandhi's central message was not for academics, was not for intellectuals. Gandhi's lifetime message, when he said that my life is my message, which meant living the life the way he did is the message, and that had to be 
sort of followed, not copied. He was very careful about it, that I don't want anybody to copy me. I have just said that I have lived like this. This way has led me to this, this, this. So please try to have your own quest and just take me as an example that here was a person who did that. During his times and maybe little after that, those who had seen him and those who were very close to him for his work, those who had imbibed those, lived those values, lived those kinds of lives. So you felt it. So it came to you automatic. You didn't have to learn from the books. Now, crisis today is that we are unable to follow that in the sense that primarily if you look at Gandhi's life, and what we need to convey to the younger generation and to the selves. Because if I have not lived like that, and if I am going to only preach about it, then it is not going to work. Then it will get into books, it will get into academics, I will write research papers, I can give good lectures, but it will stop at that. If they see me and they feel that, oh, achha, Gandhi means living like this, then there is something to follow. That is the point. And if you look at Gandhi's life, if really we have to take something, then Gandhi has to be forgotten and Mohan has to be brought in. And this Mohan's travel in his life, Mohan's evolution during his time, is something that we should share with the next generation, that how did this person, what made him continuously learn and evolve, he himself evolved. Now this story of Mohan's evolution is something that we need to go and share with the next generations and then in Gandhi's thought discourse a central point one must not forget even when I am taking the story to the next generation the story listeners must see that the story that I am telling also reflects in my life and my behavior that is the point this is how I would like to sort of open up now it is Gandhi 150 I mean 150 years of his birth anniversary and if we have to reinforce that kind of values and thoughts in the coming generations, this is what is required. So no amount of sort of celebrations, events, programs, tributes, all this is not going to help so much. It will be there in some memory, but it will be a very short memory. But living like that only as individual and as groups is going to inform the coming generations that humanity has an option and this is an option or an alternative which needs to be given a try. So I'm a bit of a prodigal son because I grew up in these institutions that were set up by his friends, by his associates. I felt that love but I stayed away from it because I used to find a lot of people do because of his immense reputation, he sometimes feels like a burden. It's like a standard against which we are always judged and held lacking. So there is always an element of turning away from it. I know because I felt this. I find that's the first part. The second part is, I find I'm not the only one. Gandhiji's most loyal followers and disciples, including the rights of Sardar Patel and Jawaharlal Nehru, initially did not believe him because he is so original that it is very difficult for us to accept that something can be this original this bright, this well-tested. Gandhiji, unless you felt the love of those who, like Gandhiji, have distilled the best values of our society, of our civilization, it's a little difficult to find him believable. But 
once you are willing to make the room is when you see what is possible and there and that's the third point on that count there are only two people that i find who are very helpful always helpful one is gandhi ji the other is rabindranath thakur they are both well before their time they are both environmental philosophers much before the word environment is discovered and today we are in a time when even the world economic forum says the greatest crisis facing the world is climate change there is nobody else that i find who can provide an a well-rounded response for ordinary people to deal with a challenge like climate change i'd just like you to elaborate a little bit on this with your experience you see both did not have obviously any idea about the threat that we are going to face in coming years as you said that they were before time not only in suggesting on which side we should be going as humanity but also of the fact that they could not have foreseen what was coming forward and nobody would have imagined in early part of the first half of the 19th century that we will be on brink of disasters like this interestingly they were not interested in knowing that and they were not responding to that they were simply responding both of them were trying to respond in their own way one was talking about a regulated individual freedom and celebrating individual freedom and liberty as the highest value that you should be attaining as human beings which was mondas karamchand gandhi but the liberation or the, the liberty that he defined was liberty of swaraj which was self regulated and self controlled and rabindranath thakur was trying to tell us that your responsibility came from the creative part of the self which is one with nature therefore in order to be one with nature the nature's sanctity has to be respected and appreciated so both arrive at a harmony kind of a thing with nature one by being harmonious with self whereby you in the process achieve the second goal gandhi's way and thakur is ravindranath is trying to cultivate those kind of fine human values which take you to be near nature which also indirectly asks you to sacrifice so many material things in your own way because otherwise you know that you are if you are creating anything artificial then you are disturbing the nature so i have tried to understand in that sense it also helped the way he went about his politics precisely yes because that's how he created this politics of not conquering people but winning them winning over. them that's right i think that's well said when you have to do this the difference between conquering and winning is winning is possible when you live the way you think that will you want others to live that is the point and that's how he was see that is where we always remember him for saying that you do what you say and this is what he always did i can imagine it now because i've seen his associates have been touched by their love but there are these accounts of women taking off their jewelry in yes. without too much Precisely. discussion and being willing to give it for the social cause yes for the national cause that's right that's not only that you see this is the kind of influence he had was in agast kranti maidan a lady got the jewels out and called a person and handed it over to him and said this is the address go and give it the boy said that you don't even know me said you have come for gandhi's 
Sabha, so it's enough. If you have come for the Gandhi's meeting, I can trust you that you are doing it. That was the environment. So I think, again, I mean, if we want to really sort of summarize this entire approach and why we really want to go back to Gandhi on this occasion of 150, see, unless we deal with the, which, which the Western philosophy has not been able to deal with this. The question of licentious liberty versus self-regulated struggle for freedom, which was very important for him. I am repeating this, the Swaraj, what we have lost today is the Swaraj, not the Swaraj in the independent sense, but control over self. Not, just, not just political independence. It's not political independence. It is Swaraj means it's a... Con and why this is important? Because character is built with this Swaraj. And the major crisis today why we need Gandhi is that this crisis in character has to be resolved. And therefore it is that Mohan has to be sort of remembered again that how he built his character and became Mahatma. Of the people who have provided me with that love, you feature, I hope, our listeners also manage to find people who can make that kind of love available and that kind of socio-cultural intellectual reconciliation, which I have been fortunate enough to get. Thank you so much. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on today's India and Mahatma Gandhi. The participants were Sudarshan Ayangar, senior Gandhian, and Sopan Joshi, a Gandhian. The program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You can also follow us on the News on AIR app for updates. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsttalks at gmail.com.